The didgeridoo means it's time for the Australian News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McCarran from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, December 4th, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 176. And boy, Grant, do I feel superior this week. Oh, really? What's got your superiority gland kicking in? I've now got an instructor's rating. Really? Yes. You've gone straight to instructor? How'd you manage that? Yes, for trains. Oh, well, you know, it's still big, dangerous, and kills people. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Yes, I should have joined the army. You know what, Grant? Um, I think I should have a new title. I was thinking something rather Star Wars-esque. What, like Obi-Wan? Well, that'll do. So you're going to be Obi-Wan. You're going to (sighs) breathe deep, consult, become one with the inner force, and spread the word of peace, love, and harmony and driving trains to your Padawan learners. Let me just try this, Grant. I'll just wave my hand in a big swish like this and say, you don't wish to talk to Dan Webb. I don't wish to talk to Dan Webb. See, brilliant. Brilliant. This isn't the podcast I'm looking for. That's exactly right. Oh, hey, what the hell? All right, then. Well, look, speaking of things that uh, perhaps they're not looking for, Qantas, maybe they're not looking for Asia. Are we going a little bit more Sith on our our, uh, Jedi move? So, yes, speaking of Sith, uh, they they reckon they're not going to do the Asian premium carrier. That's the rumor going around. Uh, A couple of sources within Qantas have said this. But Joyce is, of course, denying it. He's saying that they do still want to proceed with a premium Asian offering. Uh, However, they appear to be doing a lot more work on trying to set up a code share alliance with Malaysian Airlines. Well, if that's the case, and I mean, nobody really knows, there's a lot of reports going around at the moment, Grant. To me, it would make more sense to do a code share type of thing. Well, given uh, the final barriers have all been knocked down and uh, approval has all been given for Virgin and Singapore Airlines to get their alliance underway, which is code shares, frequent flyer points, bookings, all that kind of stuff, all like their one airline, that that full alliance, uh, then yeah, Qantas is trying to make that happen. They are working on, on those kind of things. But uh, they'd been talking about how they were going to get all these A320 Neos. They were going to hook them up with uh, premium uh, lie flat seats that were going to be even bigger than the ones used in the A380s. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to make that work in a single aisle aircraft, but they were going to go with this premium approach and uh, fly them all over Asia when the aircraft don't really have the range to get from Melbourne or all the way up past Kuala Lumpur and beyond. It's, it's really quite odd. The word that's coming out is that they're saying they're not going to do it because because of the global financial crisis and things aren't really good. And it's like, well, hang on, we've known about that for a while. We've known things aren't getting better in a hurry. So, mate, it's it's like the whole takeover rumor that's resurfaced. There's a lot of stuff going around. Qantas have forecast a big profit drop, but despite all this, the share price up actually went up a little, which if there is a takeover being planned by people like Jeff Dixon and co, then that must really be annoying them. Well, look, uh, let's move on to uh, talking about stuff that our historian hates us talking about, and that's tankers. Oh, no. Excuse me, did somebody say tanker? Oh, David. Oh, my my goodness, I didn't know you were lurking there. Great timing, mate. We thought we'd talk very quickly about uh, the Royal Australian Air Force's KC-30 air-to-air tanking trials beginning. Trials and tribulations, I'm sure. Yeah. Nothing good can come out of a tanker program. Yeah, no, what's happening is the the RAF are going to use their KC-30s that they have now accepted, and uh, they've started trials with a F-18 Hornet out of uh, the Aircraft Research and Development Unit. Yeah, and they're using 
you're using a bee hornet, two seats. So if when one of your guys takes out the, the drogue, it'll take out two people. Smart move, guys. Yeah. Yeah, but you've got to have someone in the back filming. That's it. Probably another one of those lucky photographers from Australian Aviation. Grant, how come we never get a Guernsey like that? I don't know. Maybe we just haven't been around long enough. They've been in, in the gig for ages. Yeah. Oh, well, lucky guys. Anyway, David, uh, all jokes aside about tankers, I'm intrigued about the history of probe and drogue refueling versus the boom. I mean, uh, for the Royal Australian Air Force, they need to have both now. They've got the C-17s. But, um, you know, is there, is there a, a sort of a long history about how these two methods came about? Well, it's a chicken and the egg, but really it's the drogue method is the earliest way to deliver fuel from one aircraft to another. If you go back in time, back to the 30s, the probe or drogue was a guy throwing a hose from one airplane down to the other airplane and the guy in the bottom airplane put the hose in the gas tank. So that's early probe and drogue refueling. In the 50s, probe and drogue was the primary method to transfer fuel. It requires more piloting skill than it does for a a boom receptacle. It was Boeing that created the boom. And the reason why is things like B-52s cannot wait around all day long while a little bit of gas goes through hoses. So it's a high-speed boom. That's the main difference. The majority of the world's aircraft and air forces use probe and drogue. Only very few countries have the ability to use boom technology. Well, it's typically the larger aircraft because exactly what you're talking about. It's like bandwidth on your internet. You you need a big pipe to shove as much fuel down. Otherwise, like you said, a B-52 would be hanging around there burning almost as much fuel as it's receiving on the drogue. That's absolutely right. And it's a really good analogy about bandwidth. Probe and drogue means there's more capabilities like the ability of an F-18F to refuel another F-18F, which comes in handy when you've got 36 of them on a deck of an aircraft carrier. No, we're not oh, going down did there. I say you that? slam us again. Look, you know, we, 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 we got that disrespect from last week, David. We get it. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the Navy are big on the probe and drogue for exactly that, the buddy refuel or any aircraft can become a tanker for any other aircraft, things like that. It's quite a compact method of transferring and you don't need a dedicated resource, which on a carrier is is really important. And because we're like the Kiwis with their A4s and now us with our F-18s, we're using what was originally set up as a carrier aircraft, we've naturally gone with the probe and drogue. But you've got C-17s coming, and more importantly, I don't know what fit you're getting with your F-35As, whether you're going to get probe and drogue or boom receptacles. So your Lightning IIs are coming down the pipe, and I believe the A version is a a boom receptacle uh, refueler. I don't know if the option is to add the probe and drogue to that aircraft or not. So there are a lot of countries worldwide, like Japan, like Italy, that are setting up boom tankers because of their future in F-35s. Well, uh, speaking of other uh, aircraft militarily in Australia, of course, the other one that's made the headlines this week is the uh, the MRH and 90s that have uh, hit the government's uh, projects of concern list. And of course, that's for the Australian Army. So uh, Grant, what's happening there? Basically, the uh, MRH 90 project has been delayed and had some problems. Once they start having some issues and delays and, and things like that, the Australian Defence Force have, uh, have worked with the minister to create a project of concern list. There's been a variety of projects on there, including the Wedgetail uh, has just, I believe, has recently come off. This is a, a list where basically there's there's way more attention being paid between the minister, the defense department and the military and uh, the contractors and so on. And they're, they're really looking into uh, what's got to be done to fix it. So what the, the 
impact of this is that uh, it's going to delay the replacement of the Black Hawk and the Sea Kings. David, are you up on the MRH-90? Do they use them over there? No, it's not a it's not a helicopter currently used in the United States inventory. It's a more of a European program. We've never really been involved with the MRH-90. We were involved with the larger brother of it, which was going to, for a while to be produced by Lockheed Martin as Marine One, which is the Cormorant and the one the EH-101. But we don't have the MRH-90. The class of helicopter we use would be the UH-60 family for that involvement and that type of operation. Well, the upshot is that we've got 14 delivered as yet. The project's running late and we're watching it. But the uh, the other project of a similar manufacturer that uh, was on the projects of concern list that just came off is the Tiger armed recon helicopter that's finally come off the list because the last one's been delivered. And well, that's one say. way to get it off the list. <laughs> Actually deliver something. Yeah, that's well, it sort of worked with Wedgetail as well. <laughs> Well, it's been a great session talking about defence, David. Uh, we should have you lurking in the background more often, just in case we inadvertently start talking about tankers. But, uh, mate, I must compliment you on that fantastic lightsaber work you've been practising. Well, I- I've had some lessons. Next time, can you just knock? I mean, now we've got to replace the door and some of that new soundproofing that Steve just put in the <laughs> yeah, studio. It cost me a fortune to put that up. Ah, but it was so much fun taking it down. Yeah, there we are. Uh, I think I'm in the presence of a pair of Sith. Normally, there's only ever two Sith, the Master and the Apprentice. But where's that leave me? I want to be a Sith. We'll just call you, start calling you General Grievous, prop boy. Oh, that'll, hey, right. hey, I've flown in the jet. <laughs> All right, before it gets ugly here, we're going to wrap it up. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. I'm still Grant McCarran. And he's David Vanderhoof. Cheers, folks. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Hey, I thought I was David Vanderhoof. No, I'm David Vanderhoof. No, hang on. I thought I was Max Flight. <laughs>